Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day there, and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name is Steph Postuma. Today I speak with Alex Stoyanovsky and Curtis Blanche from The Postman's in Thoreau. Alex is one of the owners there and Curtis is his head chef and they've got a fantastic fine dining establishment up there in the bustling town of Thoreau. We talk a bit about the local produce that they use, about the dishes that they gave us for the Illawarra cookbook and we talk to Curtis about some of his favourite things to do in the kitchen both at work and at home. I enjoy talking to these guys, they've got a great product and it's a great venue so I hope that you enjoy my chat with Alex Stoyanovsky and Curtis Blanche from The Postman's in Thoreau. So um, first things first, Postman's was sort of always an idea that my brother-in-law and I had. So um, we're business partners. So we started off in hospitality at an early age um, through family. So both family members and both sides have been in hospitality for a very long time. Um, We both went to university. We both got our degrees and got office jobs. And then one day Daniel told me that he wants to buy a restaurant. And that first restaurant was in Wollongong, and that was by the name of My Pantry. Um, Some one and a half years later, he pushed for a second venue, which was the Postman's as well, too. So um, it was always an idea to expand and to grow. I think it was organic, but it was a very fast organic as well, too. But I um, I don't regret it, and I don't... Yeah, I think what we did was right and I think coming to this area of the world coming north closer to Sydney and the food styling and the philosophy is right at the mm-hmm. moment as well too so yeah cool did you did you have a big a big sort of an idea of what style of food that you wanted to put together before you opened or was that no I'm not proud I'm not too proud to say that I think we got it very wrong when we first opened right. as a lot of places potentially do we were lucky enough that we worked hard enough to change and to change in time yeah, as okay. well too before it was too late so um, I think we brought a philosophy from Wollongong and it was again incorrect as well too uh, the market was very different and we just didn't know how different the market was until we got here as well too I think that was a whole thing that we were very busy um, running a, an extremely busy restaurant in Wollongong and 
fitting this place out as well. So spending mornings from 6 a.m. till about 4 p.m. here renovating and then from 4.30 and finishing up potentially at 11 a.m. at night at yeah, our restaurant as well too. So <laughs> long days and I think um, we made a crucial mistake of not knowing our market well enough when we first opened. So I think that we got it wrong when we first opened but we quickly changed in the philosophy of bringing things in on a more local basis and being a little bit more sustainable is what sort of changed it for us as well too. Cool. And how do you guys sort of, how do you come together between between a chef's role and your role, um, Alex, as, you know, how do you come together to work on a menu that's going to work for Postman's Curtis? I'll, I'll let you talk about how that relationship sort of comes together. Uh, usually um, we don't change the whole menu in, in one turn. So I just speak with my providers and what's available and what's coming this season and what's good. And then from there, you know, we just piece together I guess you'd say yep. a few different ingredients and work on it until we have a dish that tastes good and looks good cool so like food wise and menu wise when you develop it it always starts with season seasonal produce and what's available around you yeah that way you know you're going to get the best product because it's available and it's you know what's in season versus trying to either import something from overseas that's subpar or you know grown elsewhere that you, you can't see see it start from you know a seed or a baby and then raise yeah cool so you can is that something do you find that do you find that easy to access in the Illawarra like a good sort of base of producers that are from around the region uh, yes and no like there it is I guess you'd say a niche community where once you you're in you know through through them you can get get in contact with everyone else mm-hmm. so you know you get to the Dato markets and then different cheese suppliers and such yep Cool. And the, so the Dapto, the Dapto market is one that you guys source for your veggies and things? So, yeah, we've got a grower in Dapto. It's actually a Dapto um, community, community farm. community farm, yeah. Yeah, as well, too. So um, they grow bits and pieces for us there as well, too. And, and like Curtis was saying, too, it, it's more controllable. When you've got something that's in your own environment and you can go there and you can check it and you can see what it is and you can talk to the supplier and you can see what's coming up, you ha- you're in complete control whereas if you're importing something you're waiting for it to show up at your door and mm. to see what the quality is like at the end of the day so it's just about control mm. Mm. and and flavor at the end of the day as well because you know that you're getting something that's seasonal and you know that you're getting something that's picked at its freshest and comes to you at its freshest at the same time so yeah definitely in its prime yeah um we'll quickly go through the dishes uh for the book so the first one is the oyster dish you know i mean we talked before about sure about having an oyster dish on the menu that's not just oysters with a dressing of some description sure why'd you decide to go down that road yeah sure i suppose that again like it comes down to the whole philosophy of getting what we know is good and from an area as well to fit in with the philosophy so we know that Naruma in the south coast has some of the best oysters in the world and like you said just putting a dressing on it is an easy way out as well too yeah. And, and I'm not going to sit here again and say that we're not proud enough to admit that we've done that in the past as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to do as well, but it, it's, it's, it's sort of taking, taking, taking it into a different realm is kind of interesting. I find yeah, it interesting. exactly. So rather than making an oyster sort of, how do you put it, a starter or an appetizer to sort of lead into a main meal or a meal in itself, we thought, why not make something that is already good? Why not make the oyster a dish in itself as yeah. well too so um, piecing it together obviously that's when the chefs come in and sort of add as we go along as well too but um, creating something 
that traditionally isn't seen as an entree or a dish in itself mm. is is kind of fits in with the philosophy of what we do as well too. So mm. it's not it's not something where you can go and get it at every restaurant. You need to be different, and, and that's what we try to do with this dish as well. So yeah. Cool. Um, is there is is that something that you look to do a fair bit? Is just to try to f- find different interesting ways of presenting things that people might be familiar with yeah so it's it's still the south coast illawarra region so you can't go too left field so it's trying just to i guess recreate things that people know and feel comfortable with and will will order on the menu because there's some you know some some things you say you just just can't put there because it just won't sell yeah so it's a matter of trying to implicate it in different ways that sort of comes out and makes people think and has that wow factor yeah and is that is that a dish that you get a bit of that wow factor on when you when you take it to the table yeah definitely as well too so it's it's good because the way the relationship works between ourselves all floor and back of house as well too is that um i work on the floor every night as well too so i'm able to send them feedback which is a good thing and um the oysters from the start was always a dish that one looks appealing as well too but thankfully as well it's got the flavor behind it that you know it's positive reviews for the chefs all the time as well so yeah definitely love it and then the kangaroo dish something that you don't you don't get on everyone's menu not everyone puts it on there because you might be you know like you were saying you've got to have something that sells as well as something that you stand behind so yeah how does how does it go having having a dish like kangaroo and why why did you why why do you have that sort of thing on your menu because uh, being australia kangaroo we can get fresh um, wild kangaroo court brought in and we know it's a quality product but it's also when it comes to game it's it's one of those grey areas where a lot of people are scared to try uh, different things whereas kangaroo is pretty pretty standardised these days where you can sell it so if we you know show customers that we can cook our game properly and taste nice maybe they'll try something different next time they come back yeah cool yeah you, like I, I think that more, more and more people are very willing to approach game and kangaroo and quail and oysters that aren't in their shells and all that sort of thing have you sort of noticed a change over the years yeah definitely too so um there are still things that definitely scare customers like curtis said where you can try to put it on the menu it won't always work and an example of that is we put a sheep's brain on the menu as well too, love sheep's brain yeah yeah who it, doesn't it's, love a good it's an, sheep's it's brain an, it's an acquired taste as well too and um <laughs> you can either do one of two things when you do something like that you can treat your customers and it's a talking factor or you can scare them away and uh we found that sometimes it scared them away as yeah, well too but sure. if you put something like uh curtis was saying on there something like kangaroo that is a little bit more familiar as well and you can show them that you can do it well the next time when we do something a little bit more adventurous they're more likely to try it as well maybe not as adventurous as sheep's brain maybe we're going to find a little bit of a happy mm. happy medium there but uh, we're still working on that as it's well funny too. it's funny that sort of thing because people might be scared of eating sheep's brain and i think that if you like if you say oh we've got a people be scared of eating liver but people some people would eat pate and not know it's even made out of liver or something like yeah, that like, yeah for sure you know <laughs> so chef's playing around with the moment as we speak a different form of protein as well too so we want to put goat on our menu as well so yeah a lot of people don't know that goat is the most commonly eaten protein in the world yeah sort of thing as well too like we assume it's cow because we come from a first world nation but goat is in fact the number one eaten protein so it's a it's a whole thing yeah you see it's a whole thing (laughs) of informing people of this as well too that it's not as scary as it might seem to start off with yeah yeah Yeah, that's interesting 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I guess it's goes. all about knowing <laughs> knowing your clientele as well, sort of. Yeah, for sure. Being able to push the right people towards the, the stuff that might be different and then also being able to, you know, give people what they're comfortable with. Everyone expects a different thing at different times. Yeah, for sure. And it's the whole trust factor as well too. Like we're only a small community or a village, if you like, in, in Thoreau as well too. So once you can show people over a period of time that you're consistent with your food, they're more likely to try something as well too. They're, they sort of don't question you as much anymore. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, in terms of since you've been, since you've been in Thoreau, it has changed a bit in, in, in the sense that there's more and more people living in Illawarra now who were living in Sydney or are from Sydney and can't afford to live there anymore. Have you seen have you seen the industry change or have you seen the clientele change? Like is it is it notable what's happened or do you sort of expect to see a lot more happening of that Sydney level of food education coming to the Illawarra in the future? Yes, in short. Um, how long it will take is a question mark. We've definitely seen a change in clientele just with sort of urban sprawl, I suppose, if you want to call okay, it, people yeah. are sort of being pushed out of the Sydney market because of pricing. Um, Thoreau, at the moment, isn't one of those markets. We're still relatively expensive part of the world here as well, too. Mm-hmm. So um, we've always had the Sydney clientele that kind of dine with us from day one, and that's just because it's a short commute to Sydney. Um, will a more detailed level of food eventually come to this area and when we say this area let's call it Wollongong as a greater in the greater sense of it yes I think we're probably still a year and a half or so away because there's still a lot of development in the area and I think it's going to wait until that is finished and we've got a bigger population that are Sydney ciders essentially as well too that live in Wollongong I think that's when our food will start to change a lot more and I think we'll see a, f- a few new places, a few new really good places open up as cool. well too. Yeah, it's all that. It's sort of just, it's about everyone pushing the industry forward in terms of new places opening up to meet a demand and then people becoming educated about what the Illawarra has to offer and, and using this place as a sort of a place to go for good food. So yeah, it's Definitely. interesting. Exciting times ahead. Exciting times ahead as always yeah. in this industry. You and can never know where it's going. So yeah. Cool. And you'll have heaps of stuff in the works in the future as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always doing things and that as well too. So um, Stay tuned. Stay tuned, exactly. Yeah, cool. To be advised. All right, so, cool. Yeah. Um, Alex, that's that's probably all we need you for. I'm going to ask Curtis a few chef questions now. You can... Um, <laughs> chef away. Go, chef. I'm just going to ask you some like little rapid fire things that... Things about chefs. What are your favorite tools? What are your favorite little sneaky chef's tools to use in the kitchen? Tweezers, tongs. Why do you use tweezers? Getting closer. Yeah. Plating. And yeah. and so what? It just allows you to have a more delicate control of yeah, of the way you play more, it. More control in your placing. Yeah. Okay. So everything's and then you don't have you know like crease and oil stains on your plate. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then probably econo or spatula. Yeah. Because it's it it's I don't know. I guess a modern wooden spoon. You can use it for everything. So what sort of spatulas do you use? They're, oh, I think just the plastic ones, the silicon ones? They've got a red handle and yeah. a white handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those silicon spatulas. Yeah, yeah. You use them for a bit of everything, do you? Yeah, you can stay pods, make things like Quinell. You can. Yeah. Versatile. Yeah, that's the word. What else? Um, like, what, so, what sort of knives do you sort of. What are your go to knives? I. 
generally have what two or three so yeah. you have your chef's knife your paring knife and then just the all around I, I i have um a little kiwi it's just a five dollar kiwis are get. fantastic aren't they and that's all i use at home now yeah they just razor sharp and take 30 seconds to put them back so yeah they're pretty useful sweet it's winter yeah. what's your favorite what's your favorite stuff to cook at home in the winter at home roast lamb yeah yeah i love lamb. how do, what do you put with your lamb just rosemary and garlic a bit of thyme yeah and just put the whole leg in just let it sit there for about three or four hours yeah and are you a just a roast veggies man with it greens salad uh roast always roast veg and then just some greens usually broccolini and then make pan gravy yeah you can't really beat it can you no right nice glass of red beautiful Tasty. anything else winter winter at home i made osabuco last night yeah, it was good. I haven't made that in years. It's a good one. Um, so we've talked about we've talked about you know some of what you use in terms of things like oysters and lamb or kangaroo or quail and um, you know nice fish. Do you have any particular products that you like working with the most? Like, do you do you, do you like working with seafood or or, or red meats, or do you like sort of pastries desserts anything of that sort of stuff i my favorite is pastries right it's just it's chemistry so it's you either make it right or you don't yeah so there's no you know out by 10 grams and it's still going to work you're either bang on or you've screwed it yeah okay and and i guess it's like fish i like fish as well because it's just it's always fresh or you don't get it (laughs) it's just every every fish is different whereas you know most sirloins or squash fillets or pieces of beef or other meats they're all almost generic whereas yeah, okay. almost every fish has different bone structure different fillets different flavour yeah cool and what sort of things when it comes to pastry what, what's your favourite style like if you were going to go to a, a restaurant and order a dessert what sort of thing would you be ordering I I guess you'd have to see what it is I tend to follow I guess um, like baked custard and actual pastries so the French inspired mm. and usually flavors along the lines of vanilla or caramel or something. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm like I'm that. not a big fan of chocolate. Really? Okay. It's too easy, yeah. if that makes sense. Like anyone can make chocolate tasty. Yeah, that's true. Whereas like do something crazy. You can just buy vanilla, a block of you've got dairy. Vanilla bean. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what are you going to put your vanilla bean in? That's interesting. It's one of those sort of trade-offs, and I've, I've sort of heard this from a few chefs. It's like you you, you kind of have to have a chocolate dessert on your menu because you know it's going to sell more than anything else. But at the same time, a lot of chefs want to, you know, be a bit more experimental in what they do with their desserts. So, yeah, yeah. be a bit more creative. Yeah. Well, that's what even, even Brian wants to do something with licorice. And I just said to him, you've got to be very careful because... It's, it's a quiet taste you know 50% of people are going to love it and then you automatically rule out the other 50% of people yeah they just don't want to touch it yeah so yeah I guess it's I guess you can try to introduce people subtly into new yeah, ingredients and new flavours and things like that like if you've got if you've got a licorice dish on your menu that people people who have an aversion to licorice you could just do it do it quite subtly and safe even if you don't like licorice you, you'll probably like this in the sense yeah but yeah it's tough that's gotta be hard yeah 
Leave it there. No worries. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening to my chat with the guys from The Postman's in Thoreau. If you want to find out more about what they do, check out their menu or some images from their food. You can find them online at thepostmans.com. If you want to find out more about what we do, visit us online at quicksandfood.com or find us at quicksandfood on social media, Instagram and Facebook. Please get out there and support the Illawarra Cookbook. It's available from all good Illawarra retailers and at our website quicksandfood.com. Continue to support local publishing and local food. Thanks for tuning in to this Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Steph Postuma and we'll catch you again with the next episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.